to Sober Grind. My name's Austin Armstrong, joined by my amazing co-host. My name is Pej. And it's always a pleasure to be here with always you. Always a pleasure to be with you, Today, too. we are talking about substance abuse in colleges and how it affects students. Yes. A very important topic that we haven't addressed that much, so we thought it would be an awesome time to do it. Pej, do you want to jump in and, and just kind of go through your experience of what are some of the common drugs that students are abusing in colleges? In colleges, what I've, based off the experience that I have, I've seen a lot of kids are doing, obviously a lot of college students are using Adderall because they have to study a lot and mm -hmm. they need to stay up and they need to, is it not working? No, it is. Go. Okay. And so uh, they do a lot of Adderall, mm -hmm. but that's not the only thing that they're doing. Um, a lot of kids are doing pain medication, you know, the, uh, weed, of course, it's, it's a very commonly used drug on campuses, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, marijuana, and then also alcohol. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah. So pretty much the whole gamut. Okay, so a lot of different uh, party drugs. So what are what are some of the common reasons why that they would um, abuse each of these individual drugs? Well, you know, like I said, Adderall, when it comes to studying, mm -hmm. you know, they give Adderall to a lot of kids because they're hyper. And it works exactly. So kids that are hyper, Adderall actually calms them down. Hmm. Children, right? Mm -hmm. But for when you're, an, you know, when, in young adulthood or adults in general, if they're prescribed Adderall, it's supposed to make you focus more. Hmm. It's supposed to make you be able to stay up longer, to be able to produce more. Um, people, people find it very effective to study with that. So they use Adderall because they can stay up for long hours at a time and study. Mm. Yeah. Now, is, is Adderall physically addictive? Is it mentally addictive? I don't think that it's really physically addictive. Uh, obviously, if it helps you, this is what I think is a lot of times uh, physical is part of your mental. Mm. So sure. they, they may think that they need it because that's the way they function. They can't sometimes function without it. When you put enough of it in you and that's the way yeah. you live on a daily basis, then you just want more and more because you know that that's the only way. Otherwise, you crash and burn. Right. You kind of see that with marijuana addiction as well, that it's not necessarily... Your body um, doesn't need it. It's not... You don't right, have a, right. a, a physical dependency upon it. Yeah. But it's really hard to put aside once you, once you start, you can't stop. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that's true for, for any habits in general. When you develop a, a, a habit like that, especially bad habits, mm -hmm. like if you... Yeah, I don't know. It could be anything. Yeah. It can be behavioral addictions as well. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, to break out of that. Yeah. So besides, okay, so Adderall. So what about marijuana and alcohol? I mean, obviously partying comes into play. But what? Well, you know, in the weeks before we talked about, you know, adolescents, kids that are in high schools. Obviously, I, I'm part of a few organizations where we go and arise and flourish and mm -hmm. start start before you stop before you start. Mm -hmm. We go to high schools and we talk to a lot of kids and. You know, often kids that are already in that experimental phase. Yeah. So some kids are experimenting with drugs and alcohol. It's, the majority of kids are going to try to smoke weed and they're going to try to drink and they're going to go to the high school parties and they're going to do all the stuff that kids do. Mm -hmm. They're curious kids. Some of them develop a dependency and then some don't. So those are the high school kids, right? But by the time they're in college, you know, at this point they're in their young adulthood. It's not really the experimental phase anymore. Now it's either it's a number of things. There's the party phase, you know, mm -hmm. there's often a lot of kids go to these fraternity parties and, you know, they, it's, it's all about, um, living in their frat houses, partying it up, hitting the keg, 
doing other things in the, in the bathrooms, you know, what, or even right out in the open, you know, mm-hmm. cocaine, um, smoking weed. Weed is just, it's very common. It's common amongst adolescents. It's common amongst uh, young adults. Mm-hmm. It, and especially in states where it's legal, people are going to do more and more of it because it's legal now. So, and if they're over the age of 21, which some of them aren't, but they're still doing it, you know, they get their yeah. hands on it. They don't even need a medical card anymore to do it. And, and don't you know, like a lot of them say, it's natural, you know, it grew from the sure. ground. So either way, so a lot of kids are smoking weed, drinking, um, you know, cocaine may be used randomly by certain people, depending on, you know, who they are and if they can really afford cocaine, because that's not a cheap drug. Mm-hmm. Uh, meth is, is obviously, Adderall is medical speed. Right. And meth Very is, similar. Meth is like street speed. So yeah. kids are getting into that too. And then pain meds, dime a dozen. I mean, there's a lot of kids that depend on, um, depend on a lot of opiates. Now... Xanax is is very commonly used in colleges because a lot of kids okay. are dealing with anxiety and, and mm. Xanax will take the edge off. It'll definitely make you overcome your anxiety if you take enough of it mm-hmm. and that becomes something to where um, some kids are peddling it. Some yeah. some people are getting it prescribed, you know, depending on who gets it where. Kids are using it. They use it often and it's not... Some kids just do Xanax. You know, mm-hmm. they might just do uh, benzodiazepines because they it, it helps them overcome their anxiety, test anxiety, uh, life anxiety, all the different types of anxiety that people can experience. Do you think it's easier, harder, or the same for college students to become addicted to the substance that they're using? I don't think anybody's immune from becoming addicted depending on how they're using it. There's some kids that become addicted at a very young age. There's some late bloomers, as we call them, people that become, they go... They've been innocent in in using and drinking throughout their high school years, but once they get to college, the late bloomers will suddenly hmm. they're out of their they're not what they're they're not at, in their home life anymore. They're not where, where their parents are constantly you know keeping an eye on them. Now they have that freedom, and they see that all their friends are doing it, so they start to join people. Now it depends on the different types of people. Some people are straight up. Uh, prescribed Adderall because mm-hmm. they can't focus. So they, they have a doctor. They go get right. Adderall prescribed to them. But then it's the abuse. Some people will start to abuse. And I have a, a pretty interesting story that I could tell you. This yeah. is firsthand experience. So. Please. So when I was in my 20s, early 20s, um, I'm 47 now, but I had a friend and he went to UCI. Okay. Uh, and... So University of Cal State Irvine, right? So mm-hmm. he was studying to become a doctor. He wanted to become a medical doctor, right? Okay. And at that time, you know, I was going through my own, I don't even want to call it experimental phase. I was doing it all, right? Mm-hmm. And he was himself, uh, he, w- he was a brilliant young man, right? And, and during that time, he would party it up all week. But when it came to exams, the night before, he would purposely use methamphetamines oh wow to stay up and just study 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 and he would go and he'd do amazing on his tests interesting really so he and i we were really close friends i actually was living at his it wasn't a dormitory his mom was paying for an apartment that he had near the campus and um that became like a party den so a lot of people Mm. were coming over there and so he and i we we were we had become we developed an amazing friendship and I would get on his case. I would tell him, like, this isn't right. First of all, you need to out all these people from here. Meanwhile, like, I'm doing my own drugs in his house. So 
whatever. I didn't, maybe I didn't want to share or I just thought these people were no good for him, but I really liked this guy. And I knew he was smart and I wanted him to, to achieve and get well and do really well and, and get to becoming a doctor. But mm-hmm. I tell him, you're, this is defeating the purpose. Like you're using methamphetamines to try to make it right. through school and you're ruining yourself in the process when you want to grow up and become like this doctor and helping people medically. So we would some we would go at it, you know. And so and what ended up happening was that his mom had caught wind of all these people that were going and partying up in his house. So they came. She came down one day and just closed it down. Wow. She okay. basically just said, "You're done. You're done here." She put him in another university in another state, and you know. So. Okay. And this is a guy that was going to UCI to become a medical doctor that was using methamphetamines to to and he. Amazingly enough, he was achieving, like, doing very well on his tests and all that, but it was the whole addiction aspect. Yeah. And fast forward, you know, he ended up, you know, getting, you know, not doing meth anymore, but he would use other stuff. And throughout life, we, we remained really good friends. And when I actually got sober 11 plus years ago, he reached out to me a couple of years into my sobriety and we actually hung out and he mm. told me about the other problems that he has in his life. Mm-hmm. And how he kind of wants to stop doing certain things, and he he ended up stop stopping those things. He has he's got kids and a wife and kids now. So is he, he a doctor? Had, he's a doctor. Wow, it worked out for him. Not only is he a doctor, he's a he's a trauma doctor. Trauma. Wow. So he treats people that, for gunshot wounds and wow. car accidents, and he saves some lives. And then yeah. there's some lives that die in front of. Him. Point yeah. being is, is that this guy was going to school to try to save lives. He wanted to become a doctor to try and save lives. But he was ruining himself in the process. Fast forward now, same school. I know a young man who goes attends the school, and I often he'll often reach out to me, and you know it's basically like twenty five years later, and he'll mm-hmm. tell me like how he's not doing well, and I'll try to bring him in our recovery circle, and he tells me the type of drugs, the types of drugs that he uses are more opiates. Okay. So he's going and trying to, and his parents have him in school, and a lot of. I know that he lives off of his parents and what they financially support him in. They don't know to the extent of what his problem is. So he'll come into the recovery community. I'll plug him in. He always reaches out when he's not doing well or not feeling well or he's really in his head. He's you know experiencing major, major depression in school. Um, classes are hard to deal with because what, don't you know like opiates don't serve you well when it comes to trying to retain sure. information and sit and focus in class especially when you're coming down right mm-hmm. or when you're on one so when mm-hmm. you're on one when you're on a good one how are you going to be able to sit in class and focus when you're doing you know oxys right or xanax or oxys and xanax and all the whole gamut so so the guy's suffering and you know i haven't heard from him in a while but every once in a while he'll call up and i'll tell him come and be with us and he'll come around our recovery community, he'll be there for a couple of weeks and then he'll disappear again. Hmm. People are caught up. And that's just one person right now. You know, there's a few I know of that are in school trying to achieve to, to get to a point in their life to where they have a career-based you know job and they're using drugs all the way through. Yeah. Some people perform really well on drugs, you know, but then... Well, it's a slippery slope. Even if there's a, you feel that there's a benefit in the in the now for a short term, it, yep. it, it quickly grasps you and it spirals out of control. Let's not forget uh, hallucinogens. Oh, sure. So I asked a question the other day on my Facebook page. Uh, you know, who's daring enough to talk about LSD use? You know, mm-hmm. How many of you have done it? 
I know that during that time, that same time that I was friends with the guy that was going to UCI, there was several other students at the school that we, I mean, we, listen, we were in our 20s. So mm-hmm. this, was, this was the party life, right? The party years. There wasn't, we weren't part of a frat. I wasn't even going to school then, mm-hmm. right? Um, but we would all congregate and meet up and do drugs and we did mushrooms, we did acid. And, and a lot of these students, you know, they all achieved well, but it was just part of it. Yeah, you know? s- side note. Pej put out a couple uh, awesome videos on his experience with LSD and, and mushrooms. Uh, they're on the Beginnings YouTube channel. Crazy videos. Check them out. <laughs> just a little side note there. Right. But yeah, we keep going. Yeah. But, well, if you go on the YouTube channel, you can just type in methamphetamines, the devil's yeah. dandruff. If you, if you search what is meth like, you'll, you'll What is it. meth like, yeah. yeah. The what, is, what is LSD like? What is LSD like? Yeah. So those are all based off of my own personal experiences and how it feels and what ended up happening to me and then we want to always make sure the recovery part comes in too and that's yeah. the thing a lot of kids are on college campuses and they're they're using but the, i know this i know this much that even in my 20s when i was using whether it would be experimenting or where it became a problem i knew deep down inside that this isn't how i want to feel and it was catching up to me Mm-hmm. It was, you know, affecting me. It was affecting my everyday living. It was affecting my attitude, my behaviors, my feelings. You know, the way I was feeling on the inside was a lot of emptiness, you know, and a lot of, just like my friend I'm talking about right now that keeps calling me every few months and then he disappears. Whenever he disappears, it's plain as day. He's out, he's mm-hmm. he's in his addiction. He's in active addiction. So God knows how he's doing, performing school-wise. I know that last year when, he first, when we were first introduced to each other, he kept telling me how he was not doing well in his classes, how he was failing a couple of classes and they were almost going to kick him out. And that's another thing. Kids that are doing drugs in universities and colleges, depending on the drugs that they're doing, one great indicator to know when somebody's screwing up in school is when they get put on academic probation. Hmm. Okay. Um, I speak from experience. I was, uh, I'm an artist mm-hmm. and I went to the Art Institute and I was not doing well. I wasn't doing well on the inside, and I wasn't doing well on the outside. Mm-hmm. All of my art projects were complete overkill. Mm-hmm. I was f- taking mathematics courses and passing out during tests and during class because it was really boring when you're like coming down off of stuff or you're going up on stuff. Right. It's really hard to focus, right, or overly focus or just overkill things. So I remember that they put me on academic probation once, and then they put me on academic probation twice. And then afterwards, I was at risk of being, you know, kind of kicked out of the school. And we sent a letter to the dean of students, and we asked them to keep me in school. And um, it was my last chance, basically. And lo and behold, I knew deep within myself, I, I remember thinking to myself at that time, you need to get off the drugs so that you don't get kicked out of school. And I had no plan of action, no recovery, no no clue on how to get recovery. And lo and behold, I, you know... It got listen. It was so bad, Austin. It got to the point where um, I was asked to leave the campus and not come mm. back on the campus anymore. Mm. You know, and I here's another thing. And we were talking to our friend from um, from UCI the other day, a lady mm-hmm. who actually is very involved in um, drug and alcohol programs and things. Yeah, like maybe that. we'll we'll get her on the show. I think we absolutely have to get her on the show. She's a really nice lady <laughs> she's and great. she's very yeah. knowledgeable. Um, but I remember going and sitting in the, in the. I think this is really important that we talk about this sitting with a school counselor mm-hmm. and telling her I'm not doing well in school, I'm, I don't know what's going on with me, and living the secret, the secret 
lifestyle of an active, addic- actively addicted human being and student, you know, and wanting to tell her, like, I'm on drugs, but not having it in me because I thought that I would be looked down upon. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing. I think a lot of kids won't tell their parents, I'm suffering, I'm not doing well, or won't tell the school counselor, like, I need help. And, I mean, we would hope that people would actually do that so that they could get better and they can, you know, become the, be able to achieve and, and remember what they went to school for in the first place is to get a beautiful career and do something with their education. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I want to open up too. If, if anyone has any questions or comments or they want to share their experience with, uh, with addiction and substance abuse in college, we'd love to, uh, to, to hear your, your experiences and discuss them and answer any questions that you we can have. also just let us know where you're at let yeah. type in type in where are you what city what state we want to see how far we reach <laughs> and do you want to talk about our page well, on Facebook the other page yeah yeah before before we get that I want to I want to ask you what are sure. some, some resources uh, so a student counselor is, is certainly one but a student a, counselor is one of them. Yeah, so 12, someone... 12-step 12 community. A, okay. a lot of people, like, at that... Most of my life, even though I had been introduced and reintroduced to the 12-step community, I didn't really think it pertained to me. I didn't think that it was... I didn't know what it was about, and I didn't know how it could help me. Yeah. But um, but I think, like, there was a reason why it kept on popping up in my life. Usually I was in, incarcerated in certain institutions to where they would come down and the 12-step community would come and share their experience, strength, and hope. And I didn't think it pertained to me. But lo and behold, you know, down the line, when I went to rehab, they would send us to the 12-step communities, a lot of 12-step meetings. So those are, and I know that UCI has some meetings on campus. And, you know, if, you really look, if you're really struggling or you know someone that's struggling, you can lead them in the direction of looking it up line. Look up 12-step meetings, whether it be Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous. Look it up. You know, and at this point right now, Alcoholics Anonymous is going into schools. Mm-hmm. And letting them know that their resources are available and people can go to meetings depending on if they have alcoholism or Narcotics Anonymous. You can go to their meetings if you are abusing narcotics or many other different 12-step uh, communities. Also, you know, sometimes there might be some kind of trauma. So mm-hmm. you might want to look like other resources, maybe psychologists or a therapist or somebody that you want to sit down with and, and put it all out and see, like, where's it all stemming from? Where's this addiction coming from? Is it... Is it just a party, or has your way of life become a party that never ends? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if you if you are in need of help, or you have a loved one that's that's really struggling, always feel free to to reach out to Pejeri. We'd be happy to help you and, and get you the help that you need. You can also call Beginnings Treatment Centers at 800-387-6907. You can reach out to us at any time. Doesn't matter. We'll get back to you. Um, you can email us at Austin or Pej at beginningstreatment.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a ton of online resources as well, like the Ask an Addiction Specialist Facebook group. Uh, you can find that in the links of either one of these description, uh, one of these video descriptions, or you can just type in Ask an Addiction Specialist. There's a, a ton of obviously great addiction specialists in there, but it's also a wonderful online support community. Uh, that you can go in there and, and ask for help or get uh, expert opinions on, on things that you're struggling with. Yeah. Uh, you can also listen to this podcast anywhere that you listen or like to watch podcasts. So we're on uh, YouTube, Spotify, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere that you can think of we're on there. And 
we really appreciate all of the amazing feedback that we get. And if you if you leave us a, a five star review, it really helps us out and uh, and and allows us to reach and impact a lot more people positively. And if you if you yourself are in recovery and you've been sober a couple of years or even a year, mm. you know, and you'd like to be on the show or you have some mm. ideas that you'd like yeah. to throw at us, we would love for you to reach out to us and we could do you know a special feature where we hear a short testimonial about how, what happened to you. Mm-hmm. We can even you know have you come on the show, depending on like. Uh, if you're okay for people to learn from your experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Anything else we want to discuss today? I uh, think we covered a lot of ground. We covered a lot of ground. Yeah. All right. Until next time, friends. Sober grind. Sober grind. Out. Out. <laughs>